It's time for the Phenology Show. Phenology is the rhythmic biological nature of events as they relate to climate. And we are grudgingly, gradually moving into spring. And one of the uh, one of the signs of spring will be the emergence of deer ticks. And we talked, uh, we just heard a report from Connecticut about deer ticks. And I thought, well, it's probably appropriate that I look up and uh, see when deer ticks become uh, noticeable here in northern Minnesota. And I guess by noticeable, I mean, when do I have my first reports? And many of these reports Reports have come from folks like you. I hear from you. You call me. You email me. You you send me a text and let me know that the that you found a deer tick on yourself or on your dog, and you we go from there. But over the years, going back to my first records, which were in the somewhat after the year 2000, I think the first record I had of deer ticks is about 2005. In 2008, March 31st. In 2009, March 25th. (coughs) Pardon me. In 2010, March 18th. In 2012, again, March 18th. In 2016, on the 15th of March. In 2017, on the 7th of March. And two years ago, on the 21st of, uh, uh, on the, in the year 2021, it was March 9th. I have uh, one or two records of uh, late, like November and and uh, and December, uh, finding of ticks when the weather is warm and before the snow is on the ground. Other than that, uh, none for February and none for uh, for January. So we are this being the last day of February. Uh, I guess I would put myself in the category of being semi alert for deer ticks. So check your animals, check yourselves. That's probably the best way. I, at some point, I I get bit regularly by deer ticks. And so far, I've been very lucky. Although um, last spring and summer, when I was uh, experiencing some uh, physical discomfort, I was uh, tested for a, a variety of different diseases. And there was a marker in my blood that says that said that at some point I had had the disease of anaplasmosis, and I told the doctor I said I had no no conscious uh, feeling of illness and was not able to say when that might have happened, and of course they couldn't say when it happened either. Simply that the markers were in my blood, but. Uh, it's nothing to fool with, and you want to be very careful with with uh, ticks. And if you pull a tick that is biting you, if you pull it off of yourself, I usually put them in tape, like take a piece of uh, scotch tape and just uh, pin them inside of it so they can't get out, and then I, I hang on to it for a while. And if I don't develop any signs of, uh, of illness, I just kind of let them, you know, fall off my desk into the garbage. But uh, if I would start to feel bad, I would definitely take the tick and go to the doctor. But if you have the tick, it can save the doctor a lot of searching because they can quickly figure out whether or not the tick is uh, infected. The other big note from this past week on the on Friday, the twenty fourth of February, uh, the. 
pair of eagles that nest in my yard came back, and I was uh, quite uh, excited about that. Uh, the average is the 23rd of February, so it was within a day of being on average. Uh, other events that uh, mark their lives, it's usually around the 9th of March that I see them sitting on eggs. Uh, the young, uh, I, I find or hear the young uh, typically mid-March, or I'm sorry, mid-May. Uh, I will see or hear them from the nest. And uh, generally, it's about the, uh, oh, just after the 4th of July that they take their first flights. It takes 35 days for an eagle egg to incubate from uh, laying to hatching. And uh, you're probably already aware that uh, the eagles uh, brood their eggs from day one. So she she lays an egg, she broods it. Uh, Two days later, she lays a second egg, she broods that one. And so the birds are staggered in their birth, and it gives an advantage to the firstborn. And ultimately, that advantage plays out if the mother and father eagles are not able to bring enough food to the nest Uh, the oldest one will get fed just because it's bigger and older and more aggressive and will step up and and get fed. And uh, those subsequent born uh, one or two eagles will either get fed if mom and dad are good suppliers or uh, they will be eaten by uh, by the biggest one if mom and dad have a tough year and can't bring enough food to the nest. So, they are now on their nests. I got a note from Steve Stores, who uh, checks a nest along the Prairie River, just east of Grand Rapids. He said Saturday was the return date there, and so um, lots of things going on with uh, with the bald eagles right now. If you have bald eagle nest near you, you should be watching it. It won't be very long, and uh, those adults will be back. And it's uh, only a week or two after they return that they will begin to. Uh, to lay eggs. I watched through my spotting scope uh, as these two returned, and um, I'm assuming that it was the female came in and sort of cleaned out the nest a little bit, moved some stuff around, and then the male arrived, and uh, and they made it uh, on the nest, and then, uh, and then he quickly flew off. I don't know if he was going to get food or what, but um, the next night, Saturday night, Uh, just after sundown, well, it was some after sundown because there wasn't enough light to illuminate the white head and white tail feathers of these two birds, but they came up off the nest and they made three or four lazy circles as they rode a a thermal up into this darkening sky, this indigo sky with a kind of a band of orange right down at the horizon. And these two dark shapes just soaring in that sky so peacefully, it was uh, really a moment to remember. And I'll, I'll, uh, I'll hold on to that one for a while. A sense of wonderment for sure. Other events in the past week, uh, the red-winged blackbird that I was talking about a week ago uh, has been coming to the feeder just about every day. Uh, Typically, they return from migration at the end of this coming month, March. Uh, The 28th is the average date for uh, their return. Uh, The latest I ever had them come back was the 22nd of April in 2018. The second latest was the 9th of April in 2013, and the earliest was uh, March 14th in 2021. 
Other than that, uh, winter sightings. So this this red wing blackbird that's at my house is definitely not a migrator. It's a it's a grizzled male, and he probably has spent the winter up here. Looking through my records, I found uh, five mentions of of um, red wing blackbirds, both uh, at my house or you have reported to me. Of, uh, of these things. Um, the 19th of January in 1990, the 14th of January in 2010, uh, the 18th of February in 2015, the 1st or, or January 20th in 2021 in Park Rapids, Minnesota, and this one uh, February 15th this year at my house. So the the red wing blackbird uh, definitely is is hanging out. He's found a food supply, and he may stay there uh, throughout the spring until his buddies start coming at the end of this month coming. So we'll be watching for that. On on uh, February twenty eighth, um, sap maple sap was running really strong in two thousand sixteen. But uh, this is probably just the beginning of the sapping season, the syruping season. So uh, it won't be too long and people will be putting out their, uh, their taps. It's, uh, temperatures aren't really there yet, but very soon um, maple syrup will be uh, boiling in, uh, bo- in boilers all over the northern part of the state. The other thing that happens typically at the end of February, first part of uh, March, is that the uh, pussy willows will begin to emerge. You're going to be able to uh, spot pussy willows here and there, those bright white little fuzzy buds. The kids were talking about them on their uh, phenology program. Uh, I have many records of pussy willows in February and in March, and March is the month when they really start to pop out, and uh, just about everybody will be able to see them. I was out for a hike the other day, and I came across a second aspen, trembling aspen, that had open furry buds. I have a, I have a pair of aspens. They're actually a clone, so it's one organism, two trees, uh, right by my mailbox that have had furry buds on them since early January. But I found my second aspen, uh, much removed from these two, um, probably not the same clone, uh, but it was also... Uh, Plump with these furry buds. If you're walking in the woods and you're in a aspen country, just put your eyes up and kind of look. You'll see these uh, very prominent buds. The buds are going to look pretty darn big, and uh, and throw your binoculars up and and uh, you'll be able to see the little fuzzy ends on those buds as they develop. And that's not unusual uh, in the sense that the willow and the aspen are both in the same family. They both belong to the willow family. They have the same kind of flowers. And so um, finding these flowers this time of year is pretty darn normal. Um, Other notes, let's see, there was the pine grosbeaks, big flock of pine grosbeaks around uh, the the Grand Rapids area right now. And uh, um, at my feeder, hairy, downy, and pileated, and red-bellied woodpeckers. Lots of woodpeckers coming to the feeder right now. Lots of woodpeckers drumming. Uh, you can hear them drumming all across the area. In fact, if you go outside right now, stand still for very long. I'm I'm pretty certain you'll hear somewhere in the back. You'll hear uh, a wood 
a woodpecker drumming, and uh, it could be a, a pileated. They've been drumming and calling, and so have all of the others. So there's just a lot of activity going on there. The chickadees are singing their Phoebe songs. Uh, birches, the paper birch. Uh, you're maybe driving uh, along a, a shoreline this morning on your way to work. Look across the lake and look for a splash of red in the tree canopy. Those are birches. The new branches on birches, all of the new growth on birches is red. Uh, the trunks are white, of course, but the new growth is red. And it's really starting to shine right now. So it's becoming very easy to pick that red out when you look across at a, at a big patch of birches. Uh, among other plants that are becoming quite red right now, red osier dogwood. There's a patch on the way to Aiken just before you get to that long stretch as you cross Lake Aiken before you get into Aiken. And there's a patch at the end of Ball Club Lake along Highway 2, and both of those patches are stunning. And if you're going to Duluth this morning, look at the willows along the way. The willows are really starting to increase their color. It's it's as though they're getting tan. Uh, the sunlight is sort of increasing the pigmentation of those stems, and they're going to become very, very bright. Sometimes, in the case of willows, it can be green, orange, yellow, red, all different colors with the willows. Um, with the red osier dogwoods, it's like fire engine red. And with the birches, it's kind of a deep burgundy, but red nonetheless. So check out all of those colors that are coming your way and, uh, and, and be aware that that's happening. Um, got a note from our good friend uh, Tony Earhart up at Dixon Lake, and he said that in the open water right at the end of Dixon where the Third River runs, uh, there are trumpeter swans in there and one male golden eye. So those ducks and, and swans are starting to search out open water wherever they can find it. And for those of you that were listening a little bit earlier from the Badette area, uh, Jeff Bircham reported that the sharp-tailed grouse were on the lek, and he sent me a picture this morning, and <laughs> the lek is covered in snow, but there were 13 grouse, sharp-tailed grouse out there, probably all of them males, and uh, and they'll begin their dancing and, and getting ready for, for mating, which will be coming up very soon. That's our phenology show for this week. Well, one more. I'm sorry. I've got one more note here that I almost passed over, and this is from our good friend Nora. And Nora lives down in the uh, Winona area, Nora Woodworth, and she works with the Happy Dancing Turtle Crew. She said two weekends ago, February 18th and 19th, we had a gorgeous weather down here, and the swans and geese were flying over in huge flocks. I live very close to the Trompolo National Wildlife Refuge, so we get a lot of overhead traffic from birds heading there. Even with the less than spring-like weather last week, my dog kept me in the know that there were lots of loud, loud birdies going overhead. We have a lot of open water down here, and they're finding it. We went to the refuge to see if we could spot them. We could hear them and saw some, but mostly it sounded like they were in the backwaters that we couldn't get a good view of. Instead, I watched a mink try to sneak up on a muskrat. I did get a video clip of the mink running across the ice, which was exciting. Any other time I've seen one, they disappear before I can get my camera. Nora, thanks for that note. If you have notes to share with us, please get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you. That has been our phenology show for this week. 
Thanks for tuning in. You can find the Phenology Report and get lots more information by signing up for the Season Watch newsletter. It's really easy to do. Go to kexc.org slash nature or just go to our webpage and you can get those sent to your inbox once a week with all kinds of information. Yeah, great, great little publication. Thank you, Sarah, for that hard work.